the Berkshire Football Stories podcast has got a new sponsor. Exciting, huh? That doesn't mean that we've got new kit, though. The club secretary has made us print it over the top of last season's shirt sponsor. He reckons it'll stretch to at least another year. He mumbled something about those footballs we keep kicking over the fence, not paying for themselves. Our new sponsor? Oh, that would be MRS Digital, an award-winning digital marketing agency offering affordable social media, pay-per-click and search engine optimization to help local businesses thrive since 1999. To find out more, visit mrs.digital and tell them we sent you. Hello, Tom here. Something a little bit different from the Football in Berkshire team today on our podcast. Uh, This is still the Berkshire Football Stories podcast, but we will drop in uh, probably every week or whenever we record them uh, the audio of our Hellenic League football show with the guys at Seven Sport. It's called East Meets West. Um, and it'll be along in just a few minutes. The regular Berkshire Football Stories podcast will be back with some big names uh, just as soon as Rob and I can get our act together. So we look forward to speaking, listening and everything else aside with you all soon. Stay safe, everyone. Hello and welcome to East Meets West, a show about all things Hellenic League. I'm your host, Rob Davis, and I'm joined, as always, by Football in Berkshire's Tom Canning and Seven Sports' Ryan Butler. Uh, We are being broadcast live on the Seven Sports and Football in Berkshire Facebook pages, and if you would like to listen back to our ramblings, you will be able to hear them, hopefully, as a podcast (laughs) later on, if our tech guy remembers to put it up this week. Yeah, bloody tech guy. God, (laughs) what do I pay him for? Exactly. Uh, coming up, we'll be going over the weekend's FA Cup and Hellenic League action. Uh, we'll be taking a look over the two step six divisions, the Hellenic Div 1 East and Div 1 West, and we'll be adding another two players to our 2019-2020 team of the season. But first, yes, how have your weeks been? Um, excellent. I'm going to go first because I went to a brilliant game of football. Um, do you want to talk about the FA Cup later, or do you want to talk about it right now? We can do yeah. that, but uh, FA Cup was pretty high on the agenda. To be honest. It was. Well, let's let's just do. You know, I went to a brilliant game. Uh, Ryan, how about you? <laughs> yeah, to say I went to a very good game as well, and uh, you Ooh, know, we, we, spoke about, we spoke about it last week, didn't we? You know, uh, Tom was you know hoping hoping up infield, and, and you know, it's no real surprise to see that they got the result in the end, and you know, I was. Looking forward to Brimscombe versus Cinderford, a young Cinderford side against the a Brimscombe side who's starting to get, you know, themselves together. And, and to be honest, you know, it was one of the, the best games I probably will see for a while. Very good, entertaining cup football. You know, the atmosphere was good. There were fans there. We had a few listeners on the radio as well, which is always good. Um, but the action in front of us was 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 equally as good. And you know, really. Up until about five, six minutes left, you know, both sides could have easily won the game. So, what more could you ask for in a cup game? Very nice indeed. Well, let's set the scene then and go straight into it. Uh, it was, of course, FA Cup preliminary round weekend. Uh, we had 12 Hellenic League sides in action, and six of them managed to make it through with wins for Burnham, Binfield, Royal Witten Bassett, Risborough Rangers of Step 6, Hellenic Div 1 East, and Fairford and Westfields. Uh, all three of us were at games. 
and uh, you've just heard about Ryan and Tom's. I was at the Wanted Windsor game, but the, probably the headline fixture out of at least the three that we went to was the Binfield uh, versus Totten game. Binfield hosting step four Totten AFC. Uh, Tom. How was it? <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll sort of start by saying that when we when we finished up last week, I I did sort of go away from the show wondering whether I'd perhaps overhyped it a little bit, <laughs> having sort of uh, not seen them play in preseason, um, judging purely on the on the players they've got in. So I was a little bit worried um, because I thought, you know, in my mind, I think I said I had no doubt that they would win the game, and I and I I thought you guys will, will hold me to this if it goes horribly yeah. wrong. Um, and I, but I said I had no doubt, and I and I didn't, and I, I said, but I did worry afterwards if that might come back to bite me because Tottenham are a step four side, um, as it turns out, I think they're quite fancied in that division, but as it turns out, they delivered, they absolutely delivered. Um, it kind of, I mean, it wasn't even a contest. If it was a boxing match, they'd have stopped it at half time. Um, Binfield scored after 20 seconds I mean if it was even got to 20 seconds I wasn't timing it I barely had chance to even look up to see the kickoff it was that quick um, Totten were absolutely dreadful um, and but you've got what you've got to bear in mind here as well is that this was Binfield without uh, George Short in the middle um, it was without, without one of their one of their strikers Josh Helmore up front uh, and it was without their new signing Tom Wilmont as and also midfielder Kenny Chamberlain. So, you know, not that not that they weren't at full strength, but they were certainly missing some some big influential players in there. They also lost uh, Adam Cornell after about twenty minutes with a with an injury. Um, he's only scored upwards of a hundred goals at Step Four over the last couple of years. So, you know, not a major not a major miss if he gets substituted. But you know, it didn't matter. They absolutely uh, to to. To not necessarily coin a phrase, but to to repeat, you know, they basically just tore them a new one. Um, it was it was it was just. If I I think if I just I'm I'm not overplaying this in the slightest. There are 300 odd people who were there that will back me up on this. Um, Totten were embarrassingly bad. Um, they were they kept playing this. They kept playing the ball out the back, which clearly will work for them more times than it doesn't but they just kept messing it up and when you've got two guys that are absolute lightning and one guy who can lob uh, accurately from 20 or 30 yards you know you just can't do that and they were given an absolute pasting and you know I can't overplay how good they were with the caveat really that the big big test is on Saturday against Westfields at home there. So the final score there was 5-1. It was. I mean, yeah, it should, 5-1 there was, to uh, Binfield. Um, they also... A really, um, really impressive result against the side. Like you say, I think a reasonably well-fancied from... Yeah. Above. So, it, yeah. Sh- it should be said as well that they had a young lad, Ollie Harris, who I had only briefly heard of when speaking to Jamie McClurg about a week ago. Didn't know it. Didn't know him. Didn't know him. Uh, didn't know who he was. Didn't know his, his past. To be honest, I still don't. But he was brilliant. Um, you know he scored. He scored twice. Sean Moore scored twice, and uh, Liam Gavin, the league's most improved player without a shadow of a doubt, uh, over the last two years, also scored. You know it was just it was just a rout, and I, th- I think there were some some uh, mutterings about how Tottenham had felt that they were just going to win the game by turning up. Um, you know they had a big coach with their badge on the side and all of this kind of stuff, and you just think brilliant. They got well and truly stuffed. <laughs> 
Well, I look forward to hearing all the disgruntled Tottenham fans in the, uh, in the next week. Ah. If if they disagree with me, that's fine. But they're wrong. It's not often I. It's not often I'll. It's not often I'll state something. You know, it's not often I'll state something as strongly as this. But you know, they were just rubbish, and they were well beaten. I'm I'm sure of that. I'm absolutely sure that I am right. So yeah, a very very impressive result for Binfield. Um, Ryan, that's about the game you were at. Well, yeah, Brimscombe Foot versus uh, Centrefield at the Meadow. You know, it was a gorgeous day, really. Um, you know, sun beating down. And you know, I said last week that Brimscombe's one of the most picturesque places to go and watch a game of football with the hill on the, behind the goal. And, and you know, Brimscombe started well. They, they did start reasonably well. They were, you know, on the front foot. And then suddenly a 25-yarder, um, as the Centrefield striker sort of falling over to his left, it's hit it with his weaker foot and it's just flown in the top corner. So, you know, Brimscombe were a bit shell-shocked by that. Um, it was a five, ten minute period after the first goal went in where, you know, they were there for the taking and Sinderford probably should have scored another goal. But, you know, the longer the half went on, you know what football's like, Brimscombe came back into it and, and created a couple of chances eventually you know, scored right on half time, which would have been the ideal time to score for, for anybody. And, and you know, I mentioned it on commentary afterwards to Kelsey in the start of the second half that, you know, for the first 10, 15 minutes of that second period, Brimscombe became that more intense. Um, you know, they pressed higher. So it was a, a back four, you know, they were about 10 yards further up the pitch. And, you know, Tinderford, kind of like Totten and, and a lot of the Southern League teams, they do play it out from the back. And, you know, mistakes just started creeping in. And then you thought, you know, Brimscombe, if they score now, you know, it'd be interesting how this young Cinderford side um, cope. But in the end, you know, Cinderford weathered it, you know, started to take control again and, and probably deserved the winner when it came sort of right in the end. So, you know, after the game, Brimscombe front manager Sam Pryor even said to us, you know, we're not going to win the league, but we're obviously going to be competitive this year. And, you know, based on the, the squad that they have, I'd agree with that. You know, it's never going to be a squad to, to really challenge Westfields, Binfield and Bearford for example but it's one that will definitely do them justice compared to last season where they couldn't get a win for love nor money so you know, I think as I said in my uh, my part of the the Gloucestershire preview that we did on on, on 7 Sport you know I put Brimsey and Frapp as the, the team to watch because I think they are I think that you know they will put on a better show in this year than, than last year Good to hear yeah so, yeah, my uh, prediction last week of them not doing so well this season has already been put under jeopardy, is it? Well, that's in cup football. Anything that happens in cup football, we've got to back it up in the league now, so that's the real pressure. Absolutely, yeah. So, I, I was at uh, Wantage uh, versus Windsor. So, Wantage, uh, again, another step four side against uh, the Premier Division side. A game that really ebbed and flowed, actually. It was a very good cup tie. Um, one that Windsor will be quite disappointed they didn't win. Uh in the first half, they uh, scored first, scored early, um, and at points looked like they were not going to be have any trouble throughout the game. But they let um, Wantage back in, and even at 1-1, Windsor probably had the better of the game and actually got a penalty just before half-time and managed to put that one away. Um, uh, in the second half, they let uh, Wantage, well, Wantage scored a penalty um, almost straight from kickoff, so that was a... Uh, uh, a bit of a disappointment after going in 2-1 up. But then, as the game went on at 2-2, Windsor came into it more and more, had, uh, 
hatful of chances, one of which just need to be put away. They could have been two or three up by um, um, by the time uh, going into the last five minutes or so. But as it was, they were still at 2-2. And uh, Charlie Killy, someone I recommended for our team of the season. Yes, you did. That's right, yeah. Uh, came in <laughs> and uh, with a lovely uh, finish, clinical finish, a, a nice break from Wantage. And, you know, they played their part as well. The game really ebbed and flowed. There were times when Wantage were really on top and times when... Uh, Windsor were on top. It was a really good cup time, but um, Windsor were really disappointed they weren't into the next round. So, unfortunate um, for them. Rob, did Billy Montague play? He did, yeah. Billy Montague played. He scored the penalty. What so, did you uh, make of him? Because I've yeah, not seen him very, play. He's a very flashy, oh, not flashy, that's the wrong word, but quite an exciting player. He's clearly got a, um, a bit of talent there. He seems to be playing slightly deeper, um, sort of a number 10 role rather than uh, like out and out striker. So, um, he, he put on uh, a lot of uh, chances for other players as well as sort of being involved in front of the goal himself. Um, but yeah, he's, he's clearly someone I think is going to do well uh, for, for Windsor this season. He's yeah, a good player. Uh, but Windsor just needed to put the ball in the net at least once. You know, they, had, they had the chances to do it and that one got away from them, unfortunately. So as I mentioned, the other teams to go through, Burnham, um, uh, uh, Burnham, where are we? Royal Whitton Bassett, Risborough and Fairford. So Risborough, shout out to them, a step six representation. They beat another step six side from the Spartan South, but this represents the furthest they've ever been in the competition uh, on their, in their third campaign. And uh, Fairford, this equals the furthest they've ever been in the competition. Uh, Gloucestershire's only Hellenic representative. Yeah. Uh, well, we've only got one as well in Binfield, but how did uh, did you see much or read much about the game after that one, Ron? Yeah, so I saw the highlights that, that were posted online. There was a couple of uh, uh, YouTubers that, that went there, so I had a look at it. And you know, speaking of Jody Bevan after, you know, felt like Fairford would have been disappointed if they didn't win the game. They seemed to be in control of it. You know, um, Ian Herring scored a penalty. Nick Stanley scored again in the cup. You know, two experienced men. Um, doing the business for them, and you know, from from what I've heard and what I've seen, Fairford just couldn't get clear the ball in injury time. Got recycled by uh, Edgware, and and they and they forced it to penalties. So, you know, then it's a, a lottery. You know, the cliches that come out there it is a, you know, a bit of the luck of the draw. But it, you know, Fairford, um, from the sounds of it, deservedly went through to the next round, and you know, they've been given another home game. So, uh, you know, two home games on the spin after a local game. Uh, away at Lydney, so I think they'll be pleased with that. And really, you know, they got Showling in the next round. I would say it's a winnable game, very winnable fixture for Fairford, um, and really, you know, one that they could see as as, as potential to make a bit of history for them because they've never reached second qualifying round. So, mm-hmm. so just before we look at the uh, the draw that came out today, another shout out again to Royal Whitton Bassett, another side who beat a team from the step above them. They went to Didcot Town and won that game 2-1, I believe. So, Well done to another Hellenic Premier League side there. Um, so the draw was the day for the uh, first qualifying round proper, I guess. Uh, Westfields were drawn at home to Worksock Town. In fact, every team from the Hellenic was drawn against a side from the step above them. So Westfields were drawn uh, against Worksock Town of the Northern Division 1. Cool. So, yeah. 
southeast, so it's not a far. They're at home as well. So uh, uh, Burnham were drawn at home to Northwood, who are from the uh, Isthmian Division, uh, Southern Central. Uh, Binfield were drawn away at Whiteleaf, uh, who are Isthmian Division uh, 1 Southeast. Um, Cobham, uh, uh, Risborough Rangers were drawn away at Cobham from the Combined Counties Premier League. Uh, Fairford, as we just heard, are drawn at home to Shearling from the Southern Division 1 South. And Royal Wooden Bassett's reward for getting past Didcot is another step four side, but no trip to it, another step four side in Cinderford Town. We'll be there. We'll be commentating that one. Oh, that's, that's the one you're commentating, is it? Yeah. Very nice. Well, you know, Cinderford won the game, and, you know, we, we looked at potentially Cinderford or Fairford were the two home sides in the, in the county. So um, we haven't been to Cinderford yet this season. and It'd be good to follow him on the cup run and hopefully if they can get past Bassett, we can continue seeing where Cinderford can go, hopefully. Very good. So, yeah, uh, we'll uh, talk more about them next week as the games are, are starting in next midweek. But, uh, yeah, certainly uh, Berkshire and Gloucestershire interest in those times. You look like you want to say something there, Tom. Yeah, um, I just wanted to... Uh, uh, Ryan mentioned Ian Herring, um, veteran Hellenic League player. But also, um, did we mention that 38-year-old Manny Williams scored for Burnham? Yeah, um, which is fantastic. Yeah. Couple of a couple of proper veteran footballers doing still doing the business. Absolutely, and Burnham living up to the hype of your uh, um, uh, prediction into uh, yeah in last week. Good, and Royal Wooden Bassett for you as well, Ryan. <laughs> it's only uh, my oh, prediction yeah. of Bishop Cleve that's looking a bit shaky for our top four at the moment. I uh, I wanted to bring up as well. Have you seen the uh, obviously the draw for for the FA Cups come out? We obviously have our um, Southern League sides. Uh, Sirencester Town of Gloucestershire have been drawn away to Saltash United uh, down by Plymouth. So oh, on Tuesday wow. night, they've got to go 165 miles there, 165 miles back. Crikey. Three hours, eight minutes for and do Google Maps. Just wow. give, give me two seconds and I'll just see if I've got one slightly better than that. I, I think there's a couple that I shared yeah. on earlier just, today. But, um, Truro going to Tadley Kaliva is quite an impressive <laughs> oh. one. That's uh, 220 miles each way. Uh, four hour each way, and then also, um, what is it, Western Supermare being drawn at yes. in the Isle of Wight. So that's a four to five hour journey each way with a ferry trip involved <laughs> on a Tuesday night. But um, I, I, it's, I don't think it's quite as uh, quite as bad as that. But um, Bracknell Town away at Ashford United, not Ashford yes. Town. Uh, yeah, I've got that the right way around. Yeah, uh, yeah. That is an hour and a half down to uh, down to Kent on a Tuesday night. It's we've had. I've, I'm not going to bother doing this rant again because they clearly didn't <laughs> listen to the show. But it's just ridiculous. Hey, I'll have it? you know. I'll have you know. Our draw was classed as regionalized. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All of them were so supposedly, but there's some pretty big regions, obviously, in the FA Cup um, <laughs> manual. I mean, right. Go so, on. So carry on. I was going to say that it's not just um, FA Cup action that was on the weekend. The Hellenic League Premier kicked off. We had four fixtures for teams that were not involved in the FA Cup. Uh, we had Bishop Cleave uh, win 2-0 at home to Ardley United. Uh, Long Levens, 4-1 uh, victors over um, Shrivenham. Top Steve, of the league. Long Levens, top of the league, I'll have you know. Long Levens, top of the league. But yeah, uh, put that grin away as the... Uh, uh, the other two fixtures were two wins for uh, um, Eastern sides over their Western opposition. Reading travelled to Lydney Town and won 3-1, and Virginia Water won 1-0 at home to Tuffley Rovers. Ryan, any comment on the beating that the Eastern sides gave the Western sides? I didn't... I, to be fair, the two that 
won uh, in, in Reading City and Virginia Water. I wasn't too surprised about. Um, Tuffley's record in the opening day is shocking, and it has been for the last number of years. Um, they got a draw at Virginia Water last year after being 2-0 down, so I wasn't overly... I was, I was kind of shocked that they lost, but I wasn't surprised, really, um, with the, the history that they've got in that first day fixture. Lydney, I think... Yeah, I can I can understand why they'd have lost against Reading City. I think that Lydney at the start of the season tends to be one thing or the other, and Lydney tend to play better in their local derbies. Um, so, for example, on Wednesday night we're going to Long Levens versus Lydney. I would expect a completely different Lydney side um, to turn up against Long Levens and, and probably give themselves a better account. But you know, it's nice to see Reading City, um, you know, starting their season on the front foot and. Obviously, Simon Johnson and the boys there, you know, obviously knowing them as, as, as you know, uh, my home team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, always happy to see them um, doing well, um, especially after the last couple of years when they were in the relegation fight with Long Levens. And obviously, we covered that quite extensively here at Seven Sport. I believe that's where we first met, Ryan, that game. Yeah, it was. My little brother came down as well. He did, indeed. He did. Um, I, I just uh, on that on that Reading City game, I did. I think last week I I flagged that um, I thought Lydney was quite a tough opening day, and we'd we'd learn a lot about how Reading would do this season yeah. off the back of that. And I think you know I think it's only fair to to flag that up and say, well, you know I I think it's having not seen the game, but at the same time a th- for me a three one win at Lydney is impressive. Um, and, it's a test pass for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's a, yeah, they've they've certainly ticked that box, and and they can obviously move on with confidence to the next one. And um, just it just occur, I was thinking about this the other day. Normally at the start of the season, you get some you get some odd results because lots of players are at festivals and all this other nonsense instead of concentrating on their football. We haven't had that this year, and I think you've got some you've got some stronger, bigger squads at the moment because of that, which I just yeah. thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Any uh, comments on the other two games? Uh, Bishops Cleave, anything from uh, you on that game, Ryan? I think Bishops Cleave, it, it, you know, it, 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 they needed to start with a win. Yeah. Um, last year they played hardly away and, and, you know, didn't get the result they needed. Um, you know, the season before that, when they first came down to the Hellenic, they lost on the opening day as well. So they've traditionally, in this division, been slow starters. Um, with Westfields coming up tomorrow night again, myself and Kelsey are going down to that one. It'll be a good chance to see, uh, a, you know, one of the the fancies for the title against, you know, a side of Bishop's Cleave who are expected to, to to be better. So, you know, you talk about the Lydney game for Reading City being a good marker as to where they're going to be for the season. Tomorrow night, Bishop's Cleave, that is a hell of a marker for them to lay. If they can get a result against Westfields. I think a lot of people will start taking notice a bit, um, myself included, I would say. I think I, I still probably underestimate Cleve a little bit. That's just because I didn't see him over pre-season. But, you know, they they need to really kick on. And if they can start with a 2-0 win against Ardley and then can get a result against Westfield, yeah. you know, perfect, perfect going into the Vars games. It's some pretty interesting fixtures this week. We'll come on to them later on. But, uh, yeah, and uh, any word on Long Levens or... Oh, I was delighted to see Long Levens win. Yeah, I'm, I'm always delighted to see Long Levens win. You know, Shrivenham was always going to be a tough game because you never know what Shrivenham are going to turn up. After seeing Long Levens beat Shrivenham last year and, and sort of tear them apart, I probably didn't expect it to be as big of a, a, a win of a 4-1. You know, 
seeing the highlights, I mean, if, if you look at the, the Shrivenham highlights that they released, half of the highlights video was Shrivenham kicking off. So, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's, a, that's all you need to see. You know, Long Levens, from the look of it, did an exceptional job. They've got Elliot Kennedy from Bishop's Cleave. He'd been playing at Bishop's Cleave the last few years, and he signed for Long Levens midway through last season, but had a really bad time injury-wise, couldn't really get himself fit, and had really long-term back injury. He, you know, Kelsey, to be fair to him, he's tipped Elliot Kennedy to be the player to watch in the Hellenic Premier, started the season off with a hat-trick. I mean, what more can you ask there? Um, you know, that could be massive. And if he continues in that sort of form and takes the workload off someone like Brad Martin up front, then I would say Long Levens, you know, they could frighten a lot of teams, really. Very good. Well, that, yeah, pretty comprehensive coverage of the uh, for opening fixtures so far. We've got a full set of fixtures in the uh, division in midweek and then uh, the FA Vars and a couple of fixtures we'll come on to later on. Uh, but before we um, uh, go on to our um, team of the season for last year, we thought we'd take a look at the Step 6 leagues and cast our eye over the Hellenic Div 1 East and Div 1 West and see who uh, we reckon might be in line for promotion and uh, who's going well this year. Um, like last year, well, in the cancelled season last year, there was due to be four teams going up due to a restructure in the league. Next, At the end of uh, next year, there is going to be another or two more step five divisions added to the pyramid. And uh, this was due to happen in the summer, but because of all the cancellations, it's not happening anymore. So we are again in the position where four teams are due to be promoted from each step six division. Uh, so, Ryan, who do you think will be in line for the Step 6 Hellenic Div 1 East uh, title and promotion races? Do you mean I think West? West. Sorry. Oh, West. Uh, <laughs> he's the West. Tom's done all the research on the East, so, you know, he doesn't want to be left okay. out there. Uh, so, the West, I mean, I've, for, the, for last season and this season, I've backed Morven. Um, you know, we've, we've been in that position, like we've seen Westfield come over from from the sort of Worcestershire and Herefordshire area. Um, you know, the, the Div 1 West has seen a massive influx in that. So you've got the likes of Malvern, Hereford Pegasus, Hereford Lads Club, Wellington, um, they've all come down. And, you know, those four are, are four of the strongest teams in that division. I think Malvern, for their off-the-field infrastructure, are the one of the four, or one of that division in particular, who are best suited and, and are ready to really kick on Last year, they were just starting to, if you imagine it as a horse race, they were the, you know, the favourite. They were just starting to pick up and you thought, here we go, there's a bit of bit of something in this. So it was a, it was a good race in, in Div 1 West last year. You know, Lads Club, Pegasus, um, I think Formbury and Malmesbury at one point as well, they all hit the top and, and you know, they looked like they could potentially threaten and, and, and cause an upset, so to speak, in you know, round here, a lot of people think Cheltenham Saracens and Shortwood, they're probably the two of the, they're out of the Gloucestershire sides in that division, they're the two best um, in terms of best equipped to be able to look at challenging. I think realistically it will come down to Morven. I fancy Formbury potentially finishing the top two or three. Um, they've got former Gloucester City man Gary Kemp there. We saw him playing pre-season at Long Levens. Um, and, and, you know, they really put Long Levens to the sword. And you know, I'm talking about how good Long Levens were sort of five minutes ago. So, you know, if, if Formbury can remain consistent, that was their problem last year. 
is is they once they hit the top, they then just drifted off, and there was a real lack of consistency there. But I think Morven, Formbury, probably Lads Club over Pegasus. I didn't think much of Pegasus when I saw him in a, a friendly at Tuffy Rovers the other week, um, and I also think Shortwood out of the Gloucestershire sides will be there. So if I had to pick a top four, that would be that. I think Morven, Formbury, Hereford Lads Club, and, and Shortwood in any order. I think. They're the ones to beat, in your opinion. Yeah, in my opinion. Any uh, any comment on any of the Gloucestershire sides that um, you haven't mentioned much on there, or is there anyone else you want to shout out? Well, I mean, not so much in Gloucestershire, but it was interesting to see that Tiverington rocks like their season with a win. Mm. They beat Simon Chester Town Development 4-2, um, and with Simon Chester Town Development, it's going to be interesting to see how they go because you know some of the players they signed played for New College Swindon, who last year finished with a a goal difference of a minus minus 135, I think. So they are real young young players, and, and you know it can be quite a, a grueling division. A lot of the you know the clubs that I mentioned, that, you know, who I predict to be at the top of that division, they have a lot of experienced players. So there's that. You know, how will the youthful exuberance do against the you know the man that's been up to step four and back down or whatever? So. There is that question mark there, but Tiverington managed to get a win on the opening day, which is massive for them, because you know in the time that we've covered the Hellenic League, they haven't won an awful lot. Um, Newent started with a point as well, and, and you know we already spoke about Newent in their FA Cup um, exploits, first ever time they played in the FA Cup. Um, I've put them in in our previous potentially being ones to look at, because also this year they've got an under-18 squad for the first time, so they had a, a reserve team anyway playing in Hellenic Div 2 West. But now they've got an under-18 side. There's that extra, you know, layer to the conveyor belt in Newham Town. And, you know, if they can get it right, then naturally you're going to start seeing players progress. And, and ultimately, in the long run, that's going to be ideal for them. Good stuff. Pretty comprehensive there. So, uh, um, we've got our top four for the Div 1 East. Tom, who do you think is going to be up there? Sorry, I've got the top four for the Div 1 West. Did it again. <laughs> Tom, who's going to be up there for the Div 1 East? Do you well... Think? This is uh, it's a good question. I think I mean it's not it, it's not that it wasn't tight last season, but I think I'm I'm uh, so our, our mate Steve Gab went to Risborough on the weekend in the FA Cup, and he's possibly better placed to kind of give an opinion on how they performed. I think um, I, I don't re- I haven't really seen necessarily any ins and outs there particularly, but I think they will probably still win the league. I think I think generally most clubs at this level have kept their squads because of you know variety of reasons, unfinished business, that kind of thing. Um, so I think I think Risborough will probably uh, probably continue on that and 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 be you know but I, I don't think they're going to have it all their own way um i think there are more teams capable of challenging now um i must admit i was quite surprised to see abingdon town beat woodley um i might be doing them a massive disservice but i thought uh, abingdon town seemed quite disorganized in pre-season um but they went and beat woodley 5-1 who i consider a very organized side um, I'm not sure what what that was, what that the, the result of that, what the the what happened in that game. But um, I was quite surprised to see him beaten five one. Anyway, I I kind of in my mind I had Woodley down for the win on that one. Um, but certainly Hollyport got off to a three nil win. Um, they've got some couple of good young players. They've got they've, I mentioned this last week. They've got some players who've, who've they've got some incredible experience there. But also obviously Wallingford got off got off to a a good start as well. So I, I think um. 
I think you've probably got sort of certainly Hollyport uh, and Wokingham and Embrook who who again you know absolutely thumped AFC Aldermaston five nil. Uh, or was it five five one five nil five nil on Friday night? Um, and, you know, again, you know, I, I didn't necessarily think AFC Aldermaston would be pushovers, and they borrowed Dave Lyons, the the former Flatwell and uh, Binfield goalkeeper, for that game, and uh, you know they still managed to concede five goals. So they've got they've clearly got some work to do there. Um, but you know, Wokenham certainly they've got some they've got some good forwards. Uh, but so I, th- I think basically my my top four probably. Um, Risborough, Wokingham, Hollyport, um, and then uh, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Penn and Tyler's Green in that top four. They've got uh, Michael Herbert from Sandhurst previously took Woodley up into the Premier Division. They've got a lot of those players. They know how this league, they know how to do it, and you know they almost made it with Sandhurst last season. So mm, yeah, uh, I would not be surprised to see them up there. But to be honest, I think it will be tighter this time around um, and of course there's the number of teams who've not managed to kick off yet but you know certainly I, th- I think Risborough probably not sure what order but I wouldn't be surprised if Hollyport finished second and I, I think maybe they may be the closest challengers uh, to Risborough this season you know Derek Sweetman knows how to organise a side he's also got Sam Locke in there who's joined formerly of Maidenhead and Bracknell um, he's on the he's in the dugout now as well so they'll be bringing in a steady supply of Good young players to Hollyport as well, I should think. Um, you know, Sam Lock certainly knows knows the youth, uh, the young players of, of that area, sort of that around Maidenhead, Hollyport area. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if we see Hollyport at least challenging for that. I think I do think they're probably the nearest the nearest challengers to to Risborough. But yeah, Wokenham and Penn and Tyler's in any order really. Yeah, I pretty much go along with that. I think last season it was very um, in the Div One East. There were four teams who were probably better than everyone else. They were the uh, Risborough, Abingdon United, uh, Hollyport, and Wokingham and Embrook. Uh, I think, yeah, this year, I think, still think those four are going to be competitive. But the uh, two teams you mentioned there, Penn and Tyler's Green, possibly uh, Wallingford also, if they can get it right. Um, yeah, uh, they, yeah. They have uh, uh, a good strike force and a lot of uh, good young players coming through. They seem to... They seem to create, uh, um, have a lot of youth players they bring through into the team, and they seem to be of a pretty high standard. Yeah. Okay. Charlie Silkston and uh, Laurie and Ewan Hutchinson up front. Uh, Laurie Hutchinson and Charlie Silkston got off the mark in a 3 1 win at the weekend. So, yeah. yeah. Of course, I've, I didn't even mention Abingdon United, but you know, don't discount them either. Um, no. I, I'm not sure Abingdon Town will stay there, but. And I, I hate to say this about a non-league club, but they've always got an implosion in them. Um, it's not a nice thing to say, but you only have to look at the sort of the history of the the club in the last few years. That you know, I hope it. I hope it's all sorted there, because if it is, then you've got a great little rivalry in that division of you know Town and United, and and that's that's fantastic. But. You know, uh, we we shall see, I guess. But yeah, I was what I was going to say was uh, as well. That, you know, like you said, Rob, don't discount Wallingford Town. Glenn Goody mm. knows what he's doing. Absolutely, yeah. I think, um, yeah, there's 15 teams in that division, so yeah. over 25% of them are getting promoted at the end of the year. So it's going to be you know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of clubs that think, you know, are looking up and thinking, yeah, we could probably get into that top four because you know, yeah, you could jump a couple of places and you're really right in the mix. It's either going to be a couple of teams get really on a roll and it's it's tight at the top, or you're going to have everyone beating everyone. And I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest, if it was the latter. And I think yeah. even, even perhaps 
you know, again, you know, I'm saying this without having seen Risborough play, but I wouldn't be surprised if they they find a couple more, a couple of the games a bit tougher this season because teams yeah. have strengthened. Yeah, but they didn't lose a game last year. Uh, no. Yeah, they played. <laughs> I can't. I think it was something like 22 and one, 21 yeah. drew one. So uh, I'm not saying yeah. I'd bet on it, but you know, <laughs> I think they'll certainly be right up there. Very nice. Anything to add on either of those divisions, gents? Anyone you want to call out, goal scorer or a team to watch? The answer is no. We can skip on. <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I want to. Say, I'm interested to see um, who Hollyport have got in for for Driffle, Really. Yeah. That'll be the um, that'll be the whoever if if whoever it is has come in or if it's a couple of players if they can share the goals around that's the key for Hollyport. I really do think Hollyport will do well this season. Um, oh, the one thing we didn't mention: Long Crendon and their their um, their duck tour of uh, Aylesbury United. It finished three 0 Unfortunately, they lost three yeah. 0 um, I, I fully backed them wholeheartedly to upset Aylesbury United because they're not very good in the FA Cup. <laughs> Yeah, so another team that have uh, started the season pretty well. Uh, their first ever FA Cup run. Yep. Well, every uh, yeah venture into the FA Cup and they won their first game. And uh, Unfortunately, we're not able to uh, topple step four opposition uh, this weekend. But yes, they may have more success in the league in the coming weeks. Right, now it's time to add another couple of players to our team of the season. So this week we were... Um, the polls were out for uh, centre midfielders. I'm just getting the poll up in the corner here. And uh, after our initial semi-finals, we had a final of uh, Jake Parrott from um, Brimscombe and Thrupp, Sean O'Connor from Long Levens, Jamie McClurg of Binfield, and Danny Horsgroff from Windsor. And with 38% of the vote, Jamie McClurg makes it into our team of the season, and he is joined by Jake Parrott of uh, Brimscombe. Sorry, yeah, Brimscombe and Thrupp. Brimscombe, yeah. Uh, who, who also received 25% of the vote. So our centre midfield positions are filled. We now have nine of our 11 all lined up, and that just leaves the final two positions, and that is what we're going to decide now. Our strike... Are, are we going to recap the, the team so far, Rob? Have you got them right, I've got it written down, so if you can remember it, I'll, <laughs> I'll do it next week when we've got the whole, uh, um, whole uh, list of players. I'll make sure I'm prepared. I was testing you there, mate. <laughs> I can remember the East players. It's just the West ones I can't remember. I'll probably be able to remember the West players, so I'm sure we can do it. Uh, well, we'll save it for next week. Uh, and, uh, and uh, yeah, make sure we uh, recap our full team of the season then. But we have two striker spots to fill. And uh, personally, I found this the easiest uh, ones to sort of make a list of. And I think we probably might not even need two poles. We might be able to uh, combine them all into a, a one so. pole for the first two. But um, either way, Ryan, who have you got on your list of uh, strikers to add to oh, the team? Uh, I've mainly focused on, uh, on the West, really, knowing that, that Tom will be able to reel off for probably like 50 strikers. Um <laughs> You've not been following the podcast. No, but if you remember, six weeks ago I said strikers is where I'm going to shine. Yeah. Okay. Um, So for me, you know, standouts in particular last season were Brad Martin and Harry Emmett, both at Long Levens. You know, they finished or or were on course to finish sixth, would have been their highest ever um, finish in the the Hellenic League. You know, they got to their longest uh, run in the VFA Vars, they reached second round. And those two were pivotal in that. 
Um, you know, they really did score a load of goals between them, got assists as well. And, and really, you know, at times between the two of them were completely unplayable. So both of them make my shortlist, along with the duo from Westfield, Aidan Thomas and Richard Greaves. Um, we knew Richard Greaves uh, around here because he used to play for Cinderford Town um, and, and, you know, used to score for fun at, at Cinderford. So we knew that coming into the Hellenic League with Westfield, he was always going to score loads. And lo and behold, he scored loads. <laughs> um, one player, it, he wouldn't make my final shortlist because he didn't play the full season. And obviously, we've discussed before that, you know, if they don't play, you know, as many games as the others, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult. But um, Connor Thompson, he joined uh, Fairford Town from Swindon Super Marine. And, you know, he was a 70 player playing in, in the Hellenic League, really. He was the difference between Fairford being quite mediocre at times and Fairford being, you know, one of the top three teams in the division. Part of that was that was down to his quality. Um, elsewhere, I've also gone for the duo with Brimscombe and Frupp with Jack Smith and James Campbell. You know, we've mentioned that, you know, Brimscombe had troubles last year and, and, you know, in the end, these two, despite the fact Brimscombe had, from their standards, a really bad season... They still finish with a hat full of goals, and I think we're in the top ten uh, goal scorers in division. So you know they mustn't have been that bad, and th- to be able to do that. I mean Jack Smith started this season pretty well. Um, he was good in pre-season. James Campbell hasn't come back yet, and, and you know he's a bit of a miss. Um, but the two of them between them, you know, I think were, were quality last year and, and a joy to watch. Very good, Tom. Do you want to add some more from the um, perspective? I was just going to say, you're talking about Connor Thompson maybe not playing enough games. According to this here, he played 26 games. I think that's, I think that's enough. Um, yeah, uh, doesn't mean because I mean we, I mean that that'll include Cup as well. Compared, I guess. But. Yeah, I mean compared to others, you know, it, it felt like he didn't play as much. He, he, he sort of left and he emigrated okay. to, to the US. It felt quite early on. Okay. Um, I think I think he just played every single game in that first half of the season <laughs> um, for Fair Fairford because, it, because he was that important for him. Fair enough. All right then, Tom, who um, is on your uh, list of strikers? Uh, so I think it'll be... Um, I'm going to apologise to Windsor fan, any Windsor fans watching. Um, I think... <laughs> I know uh, I spoke to Mark Cooper about this. I think we spoke to Mark Cooper about this, and he he disagreed. But um, it kind of it was it was my opinion that I think Windsor didn't quite settle on a striker last season. So I haven't got anybody from Windsor for that. That you know I think I think they look solid everywhere, but they did they hadn't settled on a striker, and that's why I asked you about Billy Montague earlier, uh, Rob. Um, but uh, so I mean my my choices will come from Sean Moore at Binfield. Um, 25 goals in 31 games. I mean, just look the real deal. I think he, up until the last two seasons, he's really become um, the the sort of the talisman, and he's the captain now of Binfield as well. Um, that was last season, but he he had a little spell away at Bracknell, and he's come back, and he's he's just a class above. Um, you know, he's he's got that slight glint in his eye that says, you know, I I know I'm I know I'm as good as this, and you know, you you can't blame the guy if you were playing against him, you'd hate him. But um, yeah, he's he's up there. I, I'm putting him in. I'm putting this other guy in purely because uh, a his dad's watching this video, uh, and b um, I think if if he'd not had the injury, uh, not been injured, you know, he he um, he'd have 
he'd have certainly gone on and been one of the top scorers. But it'd be uh, Asa Povey, 10 goals in 20 games. Um, and that is that is with an injury that kept him out for a large portion of, of the season. He, he's, he is just a terrific player. Um, who you know I enjoy running really fast, um, and I think I will also add in um, who was the other guy? Uh, I had a list. Where is my list? Um, it is uh, Gavin James at Burnham um, was the other one. I've watched Gavin James play, um, just a, a superb striker. Thirteen in twenty-nine for Burnham last season. Um, he's he makes my he makes makes my list because he's just. Just and has quality and has been for years. Um, he's he perhaps uh, perhaps maybe not as deadly as he was, but certainly still you'd, you'd want him in your team. No no doubt about it. And he'll probably prove me completely wrong now by scoring an by scoring four on Saturday or something like that. They're playing at uh, Reading tomorrow, so maybe. Uh, oh well, Red- maybe then. <laughs> watch out, yeah. But anyway, uh, did you mention Jack Watts, uh, Ryan from Bishop's Clean? No, because I he made my uh, he was my left winger. Oh, of course. Okay. Uh, he's one of those players that, that I always end up pushing to the left wing just because <laughs> it's where he kind of starts the game but ends up just going central and follows the ball a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah but I, like, I think he's better as a winger anyway. Okay. Yeah, I think my well, my only other one would have been. Um, in fact, I think in fact I think we can get him in actually this at this point. Khalid Simo, Flacco Heath and Reading City. We were going to put him on the wing. I think we could perhaps get him in maybe. Um, do you remember the other week when we said uh, I'm, I I missed him out of the of the midfield? I think of the wingers, and I said he'll probably go and score tonight. And he scored a penalty for Flackwell Heath in whichever cup it was, the FA Cup, I think. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so another mention there. Uh, I add a couple more. Uh, Ryan Knight from Greater Town Saints. I actually saw him. He scored two of the three goals that, um, that wanted scored at the weekend. So uh, he's now applying his trade at step four. And uh, yeah, well, against Windsor anyway, he's already in the goals. And uh, Jack Allen from uh, Shrevenham, who uh, uh, has also managed uh, 22 games. I'm not sure if that quite makes your cut off, Ryan. Uh, but he, in those 22 games, he scored 17 goals. So uh, pretty uh, pretty good striking options in the league um, last yeah. season. Uh, do you want to do it as two semi-finals and a final? Or do you think we uh, um, can uh, land on the top four? I think there's enough uh, talent in there that we have to do it too. Okay. Yeah, I, I think, think so. An east and a west. So, Ryan, do you want to choose your four from the west? I'm going to. I'm I'm going to break our rule throughout the whole thing, <laughs> and I'm going to have two Long Levens players, and I'm also going to have two Westfields players. Okay. Wow. I'm going to go with a straight four of Brad Martin, Harry Emmett, Aidan Thomas, and Richard Greaves. Okay. Okay. So two Long Levens, and we'll go two Westfields as well. Westfields haven't got a player in this team yet. So <laughs> yeah. Top of the league, but it uh, yeah. the, the thing. And it was all cancelled, and they haven't got a player in the team. We finally got um, a Binfield player in the team this week, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, uh, no uh, Westfields player in. So let's give them double the chance this week. Uh, Tom, you got um, your yeah, final um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just put in a late comer. I'm gonna go I'm, I'm gonna go to Binfield. Um, I'm gonna go Sean Moore, um, and I was gonna go Povey, but I just I don't know how I missed this. 
I do know how I missed this. I didn't check it beforehand. Um, but Josh Helmore got 26 goals in 29 games, and I can't not include him. Um, did him on the, we did have him on the uh, winger. Oh, did we? The, yeah. Okay. He didn't make the final four, though. He didn't make your final four. You no. You mentioned your shortlist. No, because he plays. He sort of plays left of a three. Um, you can, yeah, your choice. You can have Povey or Helmore. Whichever you like. If I was, oh god, I mean, I don't know how the managers have been to choose a front three every week. To be honest, um, absolutely. Have you got two to go in this? No, no, I'm going to leave it all up to you. Oh, okay. Who? who oh, we... sitting on the fence. Blimey. Come on, Rob. Oh, fine. Well, I'm going. Yes. I'm going. Uh... Oh, good grief. Um, I will go Helmore more. Um, you can add um, Ryan Knight in there if you want. Uh, uh, yeah, that seems. That seems. But yeah, we'll go Helmore more Ryan Knight and um, Gavin James. I think. Gavin James. There we go. Yeah. So we have our two semi-finals as normal. We will uh, run those polls for forty-eight hours. We're saying that. Yeah. Yeah, it's days. usually about that. Yeah. Days. Yeah. They'll be up as uh, when this broadcast is finished. And the two um, highest-ranked strikers will go into the final. And the two who are highest-ranked at the end of the final poll will make be the, take the t- two final spots in our team of the season. I think if I, was, if I was picking out of the, the two, I think that, you know, I, I would if I was picking a flat two out of, out of those two, I'd probably go Brad Martin and Sean Moore. That's just my two cents there. Yeah, yeah. Or oh, he's putting pressure on you there, Tom. No. Are you going to crack? No, oh, I, I, I just generally think that they are the two that, that probably stand out more than the others. Yeah. Um, and, and they both have different roles within their, their side and play differently as a striker. Every time I've seen Sean Moore play for Binfield, he's been absolutely superb. So mm. um, I can't follow him and, and everyone knows that I believe Brad Martin's one of, if not the best striker in Hellenic football. He, he puts himself about a lot. He like, reminds me quite a lot of, um, just, just in the way that he puts himself yeah. about, he reminds me a lot of, uh, I'm talking about Sean Moore, sorry, he reminds me a lot of... Um, uh, Shane Cooper Clark, when he was yeah. playing in the Hellenic, he he you know he he gets himself about the pitch. He puts his body in the way, and um, I think it's really difficult choosing choosing strikers. It's you know I don't know. I, I think you guys normally you normally sit sort of on the halfway line in the stand, don't you, Ryan? But I tend yeah. to I tend to be behind the goal, uh, whichever of whichever team I'm notionally supporting. Um, so I, I tend to kind of see more of the more of the attack, but. Yeah, it's it's really difficult, and I think almost certainly you, it depends on what sort of team you're playing against. Because uh, of all the players we mentioned, we've got you know we've got pace, we've got power, we've got we've got you know physical all sorts in there, and it's it's impossible to choose. But there we go. I've done it. It depends. I find it depends on on what you like as an individual in yeah. terms of player. Um, you know, there'll be people like myself who, you know. Loves watching someone like Brad Martin play. Is a taller striker. He holds the ball up, links the play well. Whereas you know Harry Emmett, for example, is you know looks really like Chesney from from Coronation Street. Little you know, weedy ginger, ginger <laughs> kid, but you know, carrying the football, it, it's ridiculous. Mm. And you know he's a little bit more skillful, a little bit more quick and agile. And and you know more people would potentially yeah. lean lean to that and say, oh, I prefer watching him because it's. Not to say Brad Martin's not an exciting player, because he is, but you know it's more quicker, it's dynamic watching Harry Emmett carry a ball instead of Brad Martin holding the ball up. So it, you know, I, I, that's why I enjoy this sort of level because yeah. there are so many different types of strikers yeah. that seem to find a way and, and have a knack of being consistent and being so good. 
I think uh, I think yeah I mean you know obviously I've I've left out Povey of my my four but if I saw him come on or I knew of him and I was you know was halfway through or you know even just starting a game I wouldn't want to play against him I'd have no chance of catching him uh, I saw no, him uh, saw him score a winner at Brimsham and Frupp on mm. the opening day last year he picked the ball up on the far side on the halfway line right in front of the dugouts just one touch in front of him that was a bit heavy and just ran onto it caught yeah. it one on one with the keeper from the angle and finished it into the bottom corner and it, it was easy and you know that you know it was very impressive yeah. and very impressive the the speed of the attack if he if he play if he can play thirty games thirty forty games this season um, you know this time next year when we're doing this there'll be it'll be a shoe in without a doubt for me. Good stuff. Well, we have a few uh, one or two more things to discuss before we wrap up. So uh, fixtures this week. So we have a full set of fixtures in the Hellenic Prem in midweek. Um, any of the games take your eye, gents? I know Ryan, you're going to be out a couple. So. Uh, um, which ones are you looking forward to uh, in particular? Cleve, Cleve versus Westfield Tuesday night is the the standout game around here. Um, mm. You know, well, it, it's the only fixture around here, really, because Fairfield are away at home at Green, which, uh, you know, they're not too too impressed with, really, to have one on Tuesday night. But, yeah, I think Bishop Cleve Westfield will get a lot of interest around here. Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, even in the Div 1 West, uh this uh, midweek, you know, a lot of our sides are away from home, so I'd expect to see a few there tomorrow night. Mm. And then on Wednesday, everyone's a bit spoiled, really. You've got either Brimscombe and Frupp versus Tuffley, or you've got Long Levens versus Lydney. So, um, you know, we're going down to Long Levens, Lydney. You know, there'll be a few Brimscombe versus Tuffley as well. So around here is it's a very good, um, it's a it's a very good couple of days for for football in action in this division. So. You know, hopefully uh, some good football is going to be on offer. Anything, are you going to a game, Tom? Or uh, anything that stands yeah, out for you? D- or d- depending on, on how things go, uh, tomorrow night I'm pr- probably going to try and get to Woodley Aldermaston. Um, see how that goes. Um, and then, uh, all be, again, all being well, uh, Saturday it will be Binfield Westfields for me. Um, yeah. That is, uh, I think, uh, I was talking to Bob Bacon, the Binfield chairman, on uh, on Saturday, and I sort of said, oh, would, would, I'd prefer that to be later. He said, No, 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 now, get it happening now, while uh, you know, while the while everybody else is not playing and and all of that, get it get it played now, because neither of them are in the vase. Um, and I think to, tomorrow to Tuesday night, I think as well, Burnham Reading City will be that'll be an interesting game. And Virginia Water Shrivenham. I know Shrivenham. I think I think didn't necessarily start very well, did they, Ryan? We've you you discussed no. that. And um, Virginia Water. I think they they. I think they'll be solid if unspectacular. Um, and I think you'll probably have to try and break them down. And again, you know, we'll probably learn about a lot about what Shrivenham are going to do this season from from that game, perhaps. Yeah, been to Ardley, which uh, yeah, strong favourites for. But yeah. Uh, yeah. It's almost quite tempting to go up and see them in that because they're playing so well at the moment. But uh, you alluded to it a minute ago. They're also uh, a set of uh, weekend fixtures. Predominantly, all the Hellenic League uh, sides are in the FA Vars, but uh, there are one. Uh, there are two games, in fact, in the Hellenic Prem, and one is pretty big. It is the uh, Binfield Westfields, the top two from last season, uh, going head to head. If I had to ask both of you for a uh, winner in that one. Who would you pick uh, while I put you on the spot? Uh, my answer will 
probably change if you ask me <laughs> in 24 hours' time after I've had a chance to see Westfield. But okay. I'm going to go for a lovely 1 1 draw. Cool. Um, I, I'm just going to get those splinters in me. Yeah. I'm going to unequivocally go Binfield. Um, I think that. They, I, you know, I talked at the start of the show uh, about how good they were. I think they, they were astonishingly good. I think the only thing will be is can they do that again because they are going to need to do that again um, against a team that know much more about them than AFC Tottenham seem to seem to bother. Um, so yeah, I, I will go Binfield, but I think it'll probably be a bit tighter, a bit cagier, um, and you know we sh- we shall see. I guess. Yeah. Um, I think- Binfield has started more impressively than Westfield. Um, just general, obviously they've only had two FA Cup games <laughs> so far each, but uh, yeah. Binfield have beaten the team from Step Five in a long away day on a Tuesday night, and then have thumped the team from Step Four. Whereas uh, Westfield's have had two decent wins against the team from Step Six and another team from Step Five. So if I had to put my money on it, I'd say Binfield, but uh, I think it's going to be like I say, close KG game. And Westfield's are a very good side, so. It'll probably be a draw, but I'm going to unequivocally back Binfield because, if nothing else, uh, Bob Bacon will absolutely annihilate me if I don't yeah. do exactly what I did last week uh, in predicting a, a Binfield win. So, Right, and last thing to wrap it up, uh, any um, highlights in the FA bars? We have a full set of fixtures there. Obviously, there are a few teams that aren't uh, playing due to coming into the competition at a later date, but... Uh, a lot of uh, interesting fixtures all the same. Ryan, is there one that you could sort of put your finger on that you think, oh, that's going to be a tasty fixture for us? Yeah, you know, um, myself and Kelsey, we're going to go down to Fairford to commentate against uh, Lydney Town. They played, nice. in the FA, they played in the FA Cup, uh, obviously on the first, and, and Fairford managed to, to scrape a 1-0 win. Um, you know, by then, Lydney potentially could have, you know, lost both of their league games after that. You know, you never know. They usually turn up against Long Levin, so they might be going into the game on the back of a win, um, which then means that, you know, Fairford need to, to be a bit more on edge, really. You know, they got that trip to Holmer Green on Tuesday night. If they can win that, then they've started their, their league campaign well. And, and, you know, with the FA Cup run, there's a bit of momentum behind it. So, really, the next 48 hours will... Determine in my mind just how, uh, you know, how good that game on Saturday would be. It would be good regardless because Fairford versus Lydney down the years, uh, particularly last year, served up some some really good high scoring affairs. So, if they're both coming into it with a bit of momentum, you know, it could be a hell of a game. Um, just yeah, just looking at the list, not not Berkshire, not not Gloucestershire. I think Penn and Tyler's Green v Burnham. Just riffing off what I was talking about, Penn and Tyler's Green in mm-hmm. the um, in the in the bit we did about Division One East. I think Penn and Tyler's Green v Burnham in the Vars. Uh, Penn and Tyler's at home, um, new ground, floodlights, all that kind of thing. That could be, I think, uh, a very interesting one uh, in there. Um, as for as for the rest, you know, I, I don't know too much about the other sides. I think Windsor, Long Buckby, I don't know where on earth Long Buckby is um, or what division they're in or anything about that. But just on the basis of that, I would expect Windsor to go through. I think yeah. the, the, the possibly the other interesting one is a Friday night fixture. Um, and this is because Windsor are at home, but Virginia Water are at home in the Vars on Friday night at Stag Meadow um, against Reading City. Um, so you know, again, that could be 
who who knows? As I say, I think long live. I think uh, Virginia Water is a sort of steady, solid side, um, and I think Reading City will be will be out to um, will be out for uh, for the win that day. Uh, Ryan, do you do you remember a couple of years ago when when Reading City first came on the scene, twenty eighteen, and they absolutely flew out the traps? Yeah. And I kind of I wonder if they're sort of uh, replicating that a little bit. You know, just well, they, had, uh, they had Mitch Parker up front. They did. They, they he did. Scored, he seemed to score every single game. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we saw him. In, well, ironically, against Lydney, um, when he came down, it was our Butler's day out. When I went <laughs> to, to Lydney, and, and he was different class that day. Yeah. He really was. So, yeah, think, not too too surprised, really. I think I think Reading really impressed Rob and I when we saw him in pre-season, and um, so you know, good luck to him, really. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Instant. Yeah, very solid against the team from step three. Yeah, one game that I'd just like to sort of call out quickly would be Wokingham and Embroke versus uh, Cheltenham Saracens. We were saying Cheltenham Saracens reckon they're a decent side for the level. Well, I think Wokingham and Embroke are very much a decent side for step six and we'll be looking to promotion. So it'll be interesting sort of east versus west to see where yeah. both divisions are at in that uh, in, in that fixture at the weekend. I'll tell you what, Rob, it's worth just... It's worth just pointing out about Wokingham and Embrook, just how long that squad has been together. Yeah. Same players year in, year out, and you know, it's it's a big squad, but they've got the stay of the you know it's solid. It's it's you you can you know who's going to be there, and and yeah. it's um you know sort of season season after season they they've got the same players. Either they add the odd player here and there, but you know there doesn't seem there seems to be no let up from them, which is great. Absolutely, yeah. Right, well, we've been speaking for quite a while. Uh, oh, yeah. yes. It's been, uh, yeah, very enjoyable. Any more for any more? Anything else anyone wants to add before we wrap That's things up? Me done, I think. Um, I done. Just very quickly, um, Asa Povey's dad, Lee, has been watching along tonight. Hello, Lee. Um, I just wanted to say... Um, the funny thing about Saturday when I saw um, when I saw Binfield was uh, this young lad Ollie Harris um, playing on the left wing and and Asa was playing on the right wing and I kept mixing them up despite the fact that one had seven and one had eleven on the back of their shirts um, from not even that far away the similarity was uh, was too much for me to cope with uh, and and Lee did agree with me and one of them's his son so um, but Lee also <laughs> said um, he said he had a question for you Ryan actually. Um, he said, "Were you a season ticket holder in the North Stand at Reading FC when they were in the Premiership?" Yes, I was. That he said, uh, "If so, yeah. I sat behind you with my son Asa and daughter Erin." No way. Yeah. That is small world. That. There you go. Yeah, North Stand. I was there. <laughs> Row N, N. I think it was. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and just quickly as well, uh, Martin Law uh, said, "Could be more promotions. Who knows when the restructuring happens? Linux may need eight or ten in the Premier. Exactly. Who knows?" Um, exactly. Which is a good point. Um, also, just very, very quickly, um, Ryan, you mentioned you had John Palmer uh, contributing for yep. you ever so slightly. Well, we've got our own uh, local sports writing legend now writing for football in Berkshire. In see that. Dave Wright, what an absolute hero. He's been a, uh, a former colleague of mine. Um, uh, I see him at games all the time, always chatty, always... Uh, always uh, got great insight into things and just goes to show what happens when you turn up at a game an hour early. <laughs> well, yeah. Maybe now you know why I get there early. Way. You get there early, you're a bit of networking. You're a bit of chat. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, lesson for us all there. So, uh, before we go, Tom, let the people know where they can find all your output. 
<laughs> our, our output, although our output. that aside from a couple of little reports, in fact, no, you did a you did a brilliant report on uh, Sandhurst the other week, despite having no team sheet, there being no team, there being the teams not available on the wall and uh, nothing on Twitter, uh, you did a fine match report, which was. Um, oh. Which was uh, which was very, very good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, our output then. Where can we find? Yeah, it? there we go. Um, Quality in... match reports and other things. <laughs> Come and have a look uh, at FI Berkshire on Twitter, where it's all at. Brilliant. And Ryan, let everyone know where they can find stuff from you. You can uh, read, listen, and and watch some stuff uh, from uh, former Reading season ticket holder Boom. at Seven Sport. Twitter.com forward slash seven sport and also seven sport at KDK. Also, we're big on uh, pushing the Instagram the last week or so. Elsie's uh, that, so I believe it's uh, seven underscore sport. You know, Instagram's for the kids, it's not for me, but you know, apparently, we've been on there. We've had a few messages and a few likes on there. So, whoever's doing that, get a life, and uh, yeah, thank you. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for listening to us ramble on for the last hour or so. Uh, if you would like to listen back or um, uh, listen at your leisure, our tech guy will definitely this week uh, uh, this up as a podcast, so 100%. that we can, uh, so people can go back and listen at your own time. All that's left to say is uh, is goodbye from Tom Canning. Bye. Goodbye from Ryan Butler. See you next week, everybody. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Bye. The Berkshire Football Stories podcast has got a new sponsor. Exciting, huh? That doesn't mean that we've got new kit though. The club secretary has made us print it over the top of last season's shirt sponsor. He reckons it'll stretch to at least another year. He mumbled something about those footballs we keep kicking over the fence not paying for themselves. Our new sponsor? Oh, that would be MRS Digital, an award-winning digital marketing agency offering affordable social media, pay-per-click and search engine optimization to help local businesses thrive since 1999. To find out more, visit mrs.digital and tell them we sent you.